Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of Sketch Watch Play. My name is John Flurry, and I'm Christopher Wade. And it's been a while. It's been an eternity. It feels like. <laughs> yep, yep. I uh, want to both apologize and thank everyone who is a fan of the show and has been waiting for us to get back to this. Mm-hmm. Um, as you would assume, real life commitments got in the way, and actually, we tried to record last week. Uh, I think it was Wednesday. It was uh, it was, was sometime a couple. It felt like a couple days ago. I yeah. think it was yeah. And at, at the last minute, I uh, I couldn't remember the exact the right uh, setup to record both my mic and my desktop with Skype. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we took a break and reconvened for me to look it up. It was actually very simple. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm writing that down for future reference. But Chris, it's been quite a while. So have you had any had any any uh, any little stories of what you've been up to in uh, the past just month a, or so? Just a whole bunch of technical difficulties on my end as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've mentioned this to you a couple times already, John. I've been uh, working on an animated film for quite a little bit. Yeah. And I was uh, actually getting ready to finish up the third act. And I had all of my sounds and voices recorded. And everything was dropped in and felt nice. And then when I did a review, uh, all of um, all the tr- all the lines that I had recorded of myself using my Samsung mic, uh, it sound it made everything sound very echoey. So, mm. uh, and I realized finally that we got thin walls. So uh, there's not a lot of ba- there's not a lot of absorption on these walls like a, like a, like I had in my last apartment. So I just got sound bouncing all across my apartment going right back into the microphone. So everything just sounded really crappy. I wound up um, making a small sound booth into my closet and picking up one of these babies. It's what is a that? this is a Zoom Handy Recorder H4N. It um, it's a um, it's a portable microphone so it records everything through the top on these two um, to the top of the um, microphone itself. It's got two microphones on the, on yeah, the top yeah. of the device. And just with an SD card, you put everything, um, you record all your lines in here. And of course, the, the biggest deal was ha- was having like a small booth for me to do it. So I had to get some more uh, sound phones so I can actually have my sound absorbed before I re-enter the mic. Um, wow. But seems like everything's working out okay. So I'm going to dedicate this baby here, the the mic I'm currently recording on, mm-hmm. the, um, I'm going to dedicate it mostly for Skype and, um, and, uh, and podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. It actually does. Uh, you do sound quite a bit clearer. I'm not getting any like white noise anymore. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, actually, I don't know what second. I- I'm going to make sure our volume is good. So stay quiet for 10 seconds. All right. We're good. Um, so that, that, that's, that I'm glad to hear about that. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of the, film whenever it's done because i'm mm-hmm. still working on some uh a kind of similar passion project yeah i heard uh, i'll fill you in more on it um maybe next time we meet or if we talk before the show again because mm-hmm. uh, you know i know you're on a schedule and we record these mm-hmm. um i the main geek thing i did was a friend invited me to KatsuCon, which mm. was at national harbor same location as magfest um she I think I mentioned her in the MacBook episode. She cosplaying is like one of her biggest hobbies. Mm-hmm. Um, so for this, she went as a different DC character each day. Oh, cool! Uh, What'd she go was, as? First, she was Speedy from Arrow, um, okay. sidekick between Arrow. Then That's she cool. was the Justice League version of Wonder Woman, like the cartoon colors. Nice, uh, nice. The last day, she was movie version with the darker colors and cape. Cool. And uh, she 
I, I, I was hesitant, initially hesitant about going because I thought you'd have to pay to be there at all. And she uh-huh. said, no, I do what I did for MAGFest. I didn't pay for a badge, but I could still roam the halls. So yeah, you just, can't, you just can't enter the, the yeah. special events actually, or anything. She did lend me her badge for a time where she was going to do some photo shoots. Mm-hmm. And I saw a uh, – because this sounds too good to miss. Uh, I, I think we've t- I've talked about how I'm a lover of uh, so bad it's good stuff in like yeah. film. And it was kind of a so bad it's – good anime panel mm-hmm. uh, where a guy first he showed uh that have you ever heard of doozy bots doozy bots look it up sometime it was a it never got past the pilot level it uh-huh. was an attempt to make an american cartoon like the early 90s out of gundam to uh introduce it to the u.s where like a bunch doozy of stereotypical, bots. a bunch of stereotypical teens like a cheerleader or a guy in a wheelchair were turned were like p- possessed the bodies of sd gundams oh jesus there's a spectacular new comedy action series coming in the fall of 1991. Hey kids, get ready for. Yeah, uh, this was this was this in the same era as that uh, as that Americanized Sailor Moon that they were trying to create. It was a little bit before that, I think, like okay, 89, 90, 91, but right before it. And thankfully, nothing ever came of it either. But uh, it's hilarious. But that that wasn't the main event. He showed and did kind of a riff on this thing called Vampire Wars, like some obscure early nineties direct to video anime. Ah, and it was nonsense. The main character's name was Kooky. Kook. Kooky. <laughs> and, uh, which which is really funny to Americans. Uh, the dub is ridiculous. There's this one henchman who sounds exactly like Dr. Claw for no reason. Nice. That's, that's exactly what I want to hear. It has a crazy plot where he's protesting a pop star who turns out, along with the vampires who are hunting her, to all be aliens. Mm. And I swear to God, when the vamp- main vampire gives the backstory... It's basically the same as that South Park Scientology Xenu thing. Oh, all these crazy terms being thrown about galactic wars and lords and stuff. It, it's it, it's glorious, awesome. Um, and the uh, the other thing I, I that we forgot to mention when I talked about Magfest, uh, I didn't bring it up because it wasn't online yet. I ended up doing an impromptu guest in a YouTube video. Oh, I think I saw that. What no, was that video? It, yeah. it it is a guy named uh, some call me Johnny. Uh, He's been. I met him at Magfest last year too. I think he lives in Philadelphia, but he commutes here, and he's a really cool guy. He he's. I like him because he's very subdued compared to yeah. what you think of when you think of game reviewers. Which I asked mm-hmm. him. He said, I, "I'm not good at pulling off angry humor, so I, I just be myself." He and just plays some, it straight. I like that. There are some really good episodes. Where he gets angry. Did you ever see his Echo the Dolphin episode? I didn't see his Echo oh, the gets Dolphin pissed, episode. And it's funny. Yeah, I think but he I, just saves it for when he really needs it. Uh, I think I saw a couple of his. Uh, I, well, he's he's been on. I mean, as of this recording, he's been on a, a bit of a Sonic era kind yeah. of rush. He's been doing uh, a marathon. He, Sonic's his favorite series, so he's reviewed almost every game lately. Yeah. He's been finishing up a lot of the spinoff games, handheld racing. Yeah, and every and, so often, and every so often, he'll get a he'll he'll get a little miffed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At, uh, some of the Sonic stuff, which is justifiable sonic is one of my favorite franchises so uh yeah. and even uh, though he but, loves it he's he's not blind to when a game and it is bad yeah even yeah. though he can like he said like i i was able to find good in 06 but it's still a mess mm-hmm. overall um and so but, but to bring it back he was doing a video on the sonic advance trilogy because he was doing all the handheld sonic platformers and mm-hmm. games actually 
And he tweeted earlier that the same day at MAGFest, hey, I'm going to be in this fountain area, meet up, and we, you can tell me your Sonic Advance memories. And so awesome. he got us all of us online and asked things like, what's your favorite? What are your least favorite memories? What, are you, what are some things you blah, 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 blah? And edited them together in the later portions. So I pop up in uh, the last five, ten minutes along with a bunch of others. <laughs> and it was fun. Well, He's a very chill guy. One thing I wish he had better, he had, he had like really incorporated, he had us, um, there's a shot of us all making like grossed out faces. Yeah. And, uh, he he didn't really give it any context in the video, but I think he want to waste it. He told us, I imagine you're staring at, at uh, Trump in his birthday suit. Oh. That did the job, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the <laughs> one we had to have, oh, no, he didn't use it. He had us all do the uh, the Sega, Sega. Yeah. And then the 90s, <laughs> Sega, like the, in those old commercials. But he did, I think he didn't find a spot to put them. So that was fun. Yeah, and, um, it, it looked it looked like you guys had a lot of fun answering all the answering all the questions that he yeah. uh, that he gave to you guys. Me and Serena caught that episode relatively recently, and when you showed up, I was you like, know. "I know that guy." You, yeah, I, I hadn't told you. you. I don't think. <laughs> um, you, no, you hadn't told me at that point. So I just kind of I just kind of yelled it, and then I was like, "I gotta tell John that I saw him on yeah. that song." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wish you recorded that. If you but you wouldn't, couldn't have known. <laughs> No, I would not. I, I wish. I wish that I had the psychic force sense of knowing one of my friends was going to be a YouTube um, in a YouTube video of uh, of people that I regularly subscribe yeah. to. I'm still trying to work on my own YouTube reviews. I just have a lot of other pet passion projects going. Yeah, you and me both, brother. Yeah, yeah. Story of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but to get into you know, get, for getting back to our tradition of each talking about what kind of media we've been consuming before the main event. Yeah. Um, I saw, I've actually seen it twice now, uh, the Lego Batman movie. Hey, Batman! No way! Come catch your greatest enemy. Superman is my greatest enemy. Superman's not a bad guy! Then I'd say that I don't currently have a bad guy. I am fighting a few different people. I like to fight around. Oh! And... As both a, a big fan of Batman and one of many who was surprised by how good the first Lego movie was, mm-hmm. uh, Lego Batman follows in that tradition. It is a, it's a far more satisfying movie for a Batman fan than Batman v Superman. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, that's an admittedly low bar to set. I know, but, <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, that's what I've been hearing. Like, it's a better Batman movie than the big, um, than the bigger mainstays that that DC and Warner Brothers have been putting out. I've been. Will Arnett plays a really petty Batman, oh, and I'm, he, I'm really so happy funny about that. That like they're allowed to, you know, because it's a full-on cartoon in both its look and just the its approach and everything. Yeah, they're allowed to make the most unrep asshole Batman you've ever seen. Like, like he's that. not yeah. abusive, like in those all-star comics, whatever, but he's the most egotistical, like <laughs> not thinking about anyone but himself. Mm-hmm. character and they do so they, have, they do so many fun things with it and mm-hmm. the other main characters uh, i'll say it right now this is my favorite version of robin the oh uh, good michael sarah plays him and he's this adorable wide-eyed energetic mm-hmm. little goof and that's good so appealing um barb gordon is uh, with rosario dawson she, she's mm-hmm. pretty cool she's the straight man so it's you know she's got as many funny moments mm-hmm. and i actually really liked uh, ray fine's alfred uh-huh that's- uh he's got a, he, he kind of sticks to what you expect from Alfred too, but they do some funny things you might want to expect with him uh, later on. And mm-hmm. uh, and oh, Zach Galifianakis is as good as the Joker for the kind of movie this is. Really, I I didn't realize that Zach was going to be the Joker. Oh, you didn't okay, know? no, there I are didn't. a lot of. I mean, like, I'm, I'm sure it. they said it. I'm sure they said it in the trailer. Do you know about Two Face? 
No. They got Billy D. Williams to voice Two Face. Billy D. Williams is Two Face. Finally, but for like wow. for like four lines. But it, it's a nice touch to finally like, hey, better late than never. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, a bit more excited about the film now. He, well, it's a very that's a very minor like a lot of the lesser villains get like three or four lines each. It's not okay. about them. It's but okay. it's a lot, there's a lot of I, I there are a lot of interesting ones. Um, I think they got a girl to voice Clayface, Ooh, which is very random because it's still the same Clayface. Um, mm-hmm. And there's some other yeah there are a lot of other you know smaller roles with big names like um, what's the name? Have you watched the Unbreakable Kimmy Smith? Um, I caught about four or five episodes of Kimmy yeah. Schmidt. I wasn't, I actually didn't find it all that entertaining. I watched the first episode, it's not my thing, but I might look at it. But uh, Kimmy plays a, uh, her actress is in, is, is a character. That's okay. Pretty, and not to get into spoilers, but kind of, since I think they're still going with the idea of this like Lego multiverse that the first movie established, mm-hmm. you get some cameos from not a lot of non-DC iconic that's good. characters. Yeah, uh, including one who was originally played by Ray Fiennes, <laughs> but here they got Eddie Izzard, I think, and it is a super funny movie. Like, awesome. Um, they're definitely. Did you see the Lego Movie? I did see the Lego Movie. I actually saw it twice. Yeah, that, much yeah. like that is a very much uh, fast, fast, fast uh, ADD. Yeah, uh, yeah. Enabled me, movie. Me and Serena were kind of bombarded with a lot of films that were coming out. A lot of. Very, very, very super serious films like like Twelve Years a Slave or that was out, and we were like, we walked into the theater and we were like, it is our social justice obligation to watch this movie. And then we looked at the bottom and and it said Lego Movie is out at four o'clock, and we were like, we're doing this shit, we're seeing Lego Movie. And was that a better decision? Because we felt so we we felt a little happier coming out of that film at that point. I I think most people probably feel a little happier coming out of Lego Movie than they were coming out of Twelve Years a Slave. <laughs> If, if you felt the opposite, I don't want to be friends with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, we had a uh, – it's really surprising that – man, I forget their names. Uh, the directors who did um, – I'm sorry? Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yeah. Same they're guys the guys behind Clone they, High, Cloudy, Cloudy Chance Meatballs, and the 21 Jump Street movies. I, yeah. I actually didn't see 21 Jump Street. I haven't seen them either. But, I heard they're good. Yeah. But Cloudy with a Cheat – Cloudy for Chance and Meatballs came out uh, around the same time, uh, a little after or a little before Up, and I skipped out on the Cloudy for Chance and Meatballs and went to, yeah, uh, uh, and I liked Up, but Cloudy for Chance and Meatballs is my kind of film. Like I actually prefer Meatballs over Up. I and prefer up, up over All, but I think Cloudy is one of the best visual styles I've ever seen in a CG of film. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna. Uh, uh, I, I, think I know you're I'm, not dissing up. <laughs> yeah, I'm not dissing up at all because it has one of the greatest montages of all time. I'm the but, only person who didn't cry it up or Toy Story three. <laughs> but uh, I, I, honestly, I've met a couple of other people who have not cried either, and they're like, "It's okay, I don't have a soul." I'm like, "I'm not judging you, man. It's all right. <laughs> it's all good." I, I did cry it Inside Out and Finding Dory, though. So I, I think I think I'm all cried out after Land Before Time and Lion King. I think my quota was uh, met. We talked about was, that one on our aborted yeah. recording. Yeah, I was scarred early. It's cool. <laughs> uh, Lamp for Time is grim. I remember when I watched it for the first time, I was like five or six with some neighbors. And like mm. during the mother deaths, and they're like, oh, my God, she's bleeding. Look at her neck. Yeah, but, yeah I'm like, Jesus. Um, but I'm, I'm off on the tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, but go ahead. We saw, but Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs was my kind of film and made me fall in love with those two guys. Yeah. Um, so when Lego Movie came out, I knew who was behind it. 
Um, I, I was mean, hopeful. I was, I, was, yeah. I, was, I was skeptical, but I was like, they could do something good with it, and they did. Yeah, and they they did excellent. So I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad yeah. that uh, I'm glad that that tradition of using that kind of comedy is still alive and well. Yeah, and um, they know, didn't they didn't direct it, Batman. Uh, yeah. They produced it, but I think the Lego Movie could be in capable hands if this is any indication. Because when they announced like a week after the Lego Movie blew up, okay, Lego Batman, Lego Movie Two, Lego Ninjago. I'm like, oh yeah. no, you're milking it. This could fall apart. And it still could. <laughs> yeah. Um, we got it's the Ninjago teaser well. in front of in front of it, and uh, I actually think it looks pretty funny. It looks. I don't. I didn't know anything about Ninjago other than like you know Eastern fighting. So I did. I didn't expect it to be like a Power Rangers type thing that it apparently is. But it, yeah, it has, the teaser had some very funny jokes and. Yeah. Uh, it could be good, and Lego so could Lego Movie too. And even if they aren't, I'm I'm happy Lego Batman turned out as well as it did. And I recommend you see it whether you enjoyed Lego the first Lego Movie or if you just like Batman because it's it's very standalone. There are no mm. real callbacks to in terms of plot to the Lego Movie. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they seem to be their own thing, which is and good. Last thing I'll say about it, which I think I told you, I really love the fact that the Joker's scheme in this is legit uh, a gay. unreturned crush because basically he isn't about trying to you know cause chaos and stuff like he usually does in the end he turns out you know you've seen in trailers Batman just doesn't respect him and is like you're not my arch enemy I don't you mean nothing to me and there's a part where like he confronts him like Batman I hate you I just want you to say you hate me Nice and and, and then at the end there's a part where they get up close and I swear it looks like they're about to make out but instead Batman just Joker I hate you (laughs) <laughs> they did it on purpose and I love that so yeah Lego Batman movie it's it's great and uh, mm-hmm. go see it while it's still in theaters or on or DVD or, DVD or Blu-ray um, mm-hmm. now Chris uh, you, I know there's another thing you want to talk about um, so yeah there's this uh, um, so I me and Serena and a couple of our friends uh, have been keeping an eye on this little anime on Crunchyroll called Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid however I can certainly let you know one thing I like it's you I love you Miss you gonna eat me? No, not like that! Like sexually! I'm not into women or dragons. And it's made by Kyoto Animation. It's one of my favorite anime studios out yeah. there. Um, they've done K-On! They've done... Um, Lucky Star, Harley, yeah. a lot of stuff since then. Yeah, Sound Euphonium. A lot of visually adorable and and super fluid uh, animated stuff. Yeah. So when we caught Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, a crazy, charmingly... Uh, charmingly funny show m- me and Serena were pretty much hooked like on the outset so it, it starts off as this regular I guess programmer um, named uh, uh, named Miss Kobayashi uh, she's like I guess late 20s early 30s something living on her own uh, basically just lives like a very calm and and, and, and solitude life mm-hmm. and just going to her job and coming back to her apartment. Uh, and then one day a dragon shows up and wants to be her maid. Uh, it turns out that Miss Kobayashi got, uh, got dumbass drunk one night and met a dragon who had a sword in her back. And somehow they haven't explained this yet. Um, only, um, they've only aired up to episode eight at this point. Um, Somehow, Miss Kobayashi has freed the dragon from her mortal wound of being stabbed with a big-ass sword. So, naturally, as natural as anime goes, the dragon falls in love with her and uh, wants to become her maid. Uh, And there's a lot of crazy shenanigans that ensue. And I hate to use that term because it's thrown around so 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 lightly nowadays but that's exactly what this show is mm-hmm. uh, it's just a bunch of dragons trying to get used to the human world and being able to not even survive but just to cope 
Chris, I, I, I'm going to drop a bombshell on you. Uh, yeah. I watched the first half of the first episode of this. Oh, oh really? looked into it a little more. Okay. Um, uh, okay, and, I'll, and I will just say, um, if you ever want to pick it for full review, I'll do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but... Uh, it is a very uh, Japanese humor show. A lot of very, jokes, a lot it's, of it's, crazy like it's, fan servicey stuff. Yeah, it's very, in. which is kind of surprising because I haven't really seen Kyoto Animation do a lot of this kind of uh, cheesy fan service stuff. Which they don't go over. The, well, well I, okay, I can't. No, no, I, I, God, I can't. First thing I I've heard seen the show without knowing it. It was on Tumblr. It was a GIF of. Uh, Quizakoto, the green-haired dragon. Uh, I have issues. She, it's one of those characters with <laughs> breasts the size of her head, and like, yeah. it's, it is a funny gif on its own because she's walking towards this kid with like a volleyball. Yeah, <laughs> just, just that, and the kid is flipping out like, that, oh god, oh god, he, he does not know how to process this. That scene is hilarious. Like, okay, all right, there, there are parts. All right, so there, there, there are points when the shows. There's going to be some spoilers here, so uh, just be mindful of that. Um, there are points when a show kind of sets up that there's like a backstory that um, if the dragons go out of control, they can actually destroy the world. Oh. And there's one episode where they uh, where they basically take away the saturation from the scene. They show flash forwards of what's about to happen. The main cast is all damaged on the ground. There's a bunch mm-hmm. of bodies everywhere. Miss Kobayashi's watching all the carnage. She's like, "This happened five. Um, this happened two days from now." And then you know you get to the two days, and it turns out one of the dragons has just suckered themselves into getting into a dodgeball match. So. All five dragons show up against these poor five uh, from poor high kids. school students. Yeah, high school kids who unfortunately get the shit kicked out of them <laughs> in dodgeball. And, funny, yeah, and and it's hilarious. And uh, of course, and I mean, the, uh, at some point, like the kids run off, and the dragons are like, "We're not done." Like we we're still kind of pumped up. We got adrenaline running. We got to keep this shit going, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, and so they just let loose with the fireballs and the Hadouken dodgeball cannons, uh, fire breathing out the mouths. And of course, Quetzalcoatl, like bouncing around their big ass titties. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly what this show is. That's, that's, that's actually what the character is. You're not lying. Yeah. Um, and, and we uh, honestly, the, uh, that was one of the show's high points. I have a lot of fun watching this show yeah. in the first ha- in the first half. Um, of what's been shown on Crunchyroll so far. I will How say, I, I, oh, go ahead, you first. Yeah, well, however, um, however uh, I do have a few issues with the fa- with the fan service. Now, I'm not going to lie, yeah. I love fan service. <laughs> I, I, think, <laughs> I only like it if they do something clever with it. Yeah, well. Um, I actually, I want to tell you, I watched a little bit of that, what's that one, like something G-chance, like that like high school girl, like Hello Gak-chan or something. Have you heard about that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I can't remember. So it's like it's like this busty high schooler who is actually very oblivious to a lot of things. So I watched like the first part of the, the first episode. And it's really funny because like she comes and look at all that and everybody's she's really tired during school and I was like, oh, she's probably out on a date or something. And then she walks over mm-hmm. to her other friend who's like this withdrawn nerd. Goes like, hey, here's your anime box set. What you marathoned <laughs> it all one night? Yeah, I cried. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's. And, yeah, but I I did look to see a clip of a uh, Dragon Maid that made me go, oh no, it's uh, the Let's Play Twister scene. Yeah, yeah, oh. and, uh, I'm gonna get into that. Yeah, um, when you bring in I the d- kids. I'm not. I'm yeah, not yeah. Um, I do like fan service, but there are times when um, anime takes it a little bit too far. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, and 
it only works if it only serves the story, much like an action scene. Mm-hmm. And I had some issues uh, coming over towards, I don't know, episode six or seven. Yeah, I think it's when the, when the, I'm not going to spoil it at the moment, but there's a twister scene. And <laughs> let's see With how two, I can word this. Like <laughs> two uh, lolly characters. Yes, yeah, I guess. Yeah, two kids um, are playing twister. And... I'm not going to uh, – bad things don't happen, but suggestive things happen. Yeah, one has and, the hot turn another, and uh, it's – Yeah, and at first, um, the episodes leading to that, you just think that the that the two girls are – you know, they're just good friends. And me and Serena are like, hey, that's cute. And, <laughs> and maybe some good character dynamics would happen. Oh, uh, no, <laughs> that no, doesn't it's happen. it's going to get uh, steamy in the yeah, wrong way. <laughs> it, got, it got pretty wrong, and not – and you know what? Uh, at some point, you got to draw the line, and I'm like – I don't <sighs> in Japan. There is no line. There is no line in Japan. <laughs> but there, um, you, you I know, know what I will say because mm-hmm. when I watched the first half, there were still some. There's like I remember like the moment because the the dragons they switch between being like huge like Godzilla size actual realistically drawing dragons and then yeah. shape shift into like normal cute anime human sized characters. <laughs> and so Kobayashi opens the door and the dragon's mouth is hanging over like the railing of her apartment. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then it just immediately poops into the ground. Like oh that's funny. Then quick yeah. shot of tits bouncing like oh yeah, uh, mm. but that, something that uh, might make maybe come back like especially if you do choose to review it. Um, mm. I like the character main character herself because she is this like apathetic like disillusioned woman. Yeah, yeah. I love the awesome. fact that like she, at first she like the audience is like I have no idea what you're talking about with your life mm. crush and me liking me wanting helping you out. Then she flashbacks to her just being absolutely hammered and talking yeah. like hey some stay with me and it cuts back to her oh shit. Y- yeah, like uh, um, Toru is the um, is the dragon maid to Miss Kobayashi, yes. and Toru has a giant crush on yeah, yeah, the, yeah. On and there's the a great pair. line like, "No, no, it's sexual." I watched the dub, and she's like, yeah. "No, it's, it's it's like sexual love," and she goes, "I'm not into women or dragons." <laughs> it's it's um, it's funny because. The show actually has some pretty good character moments. Okay. Like uh, uh, there, there, are, there are times when the characters are talking about, you know, how their their supposed differences between being a human and being a dragon, and obviously Toru, being the dragon of chaos that she is, she's only known destroy humans before they destroy you, and now she's living with one, being in love with one, and trying to figure out. And trying to come to terms with the fact that, well, she can't go back home to her family and let them know that she is in love with a human. Uh, she has to get used to all these human traditions. And to, for the most part, she's become more accustomed. Is it supposed to be like a taboo in their world? Is it like, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's, it's like interracial relationships in the 50s or something. Yeah, it's something like that. I don't know. It's it's obvious. Um, It's obvious that there is um, that there are hard rules on what a dragon should do and uh, and and cannot do and discovering or i'm not even going to say discovering but having characters uh learn having dragon and human characters learn about each other uh is probably one of the most no, not one of the most the most charming thing about this show okay uh there, there side, there's a side character named fafner and he's this butler looking stoic kind of a long-haired guy who Wants nothing else. Wants nothing more than to be left alone and to destroy humans, until another human comes along and decides to start playing video games with them. And Fafner becomes super obsessed with video games to the point where he moves in with this other character, and they do. Stu- um, the two of them kind of strike an unspoken bond. Thank and 
yeah, just playing games and they live uh, and you know this this other character is like cooking him meals and like going to conventions with them and Fafnir realizes that you know what I've had other human companions before a lot of them have been misses and I've kind of dealt with it but this guy's a hit I I've I've had I've had more misses than hits and this guy he's cool to hang around with I don't have to put I, I can still be on my guard but he's uh, He's not someone who he's someone I can trust. Okay, and it's in those moments of trusting other characters that I find Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, pro- um, one of the most endearing things I've seen. Um, I've seen since 2017 has started. That's interesting. Uh, I, but I'm, well, I'm I'm not gonna lie. This show's got some issues, and <laughs> all, all well, yeah. All, and coming back, all those endearing moments are completely completely uh destroyed um like an episode or two later when it gets into like the stupid fan servicey stuff yeah. which i was really disappointed in. i had so a lot it I, sounds like I, it's a really give or take show yeah it, it honestly is like the first four or five episodes you can get away with and be like cool i don't have to watch any more of this show but by the time the twister scene happens and, and you meet quetzalcoatl and her little uh Quetzalcoatl is a dragon with even bigger titties than the main character's maid's titties. And she has uh, – she's befriended a little boy. And she's uh, she's like, I got to – I don't want to say please, but <laughs> she wants to educate this little boy as best she can. Oh, no. And, yeah, she always uses those stupid titties of hers. And I like titties. But unfortunately, the show – Yeah. Unfortunately, the show is like – after a really, really endearing moment with the show, and you're like, hey, that's kind of nice. The show kind of thinks it's funnier than it is <laughs> and, and decides it with some tit jokes. Yeah. And it's not that good, specifically with that character. And that's where I'm like, mm, I got to draw. It's really funny because this. lately, an artist I follow on Tumblr has been posting a ton of like, of adoration for, for Quizzical, just all these like gifts of her, like, oh my god, I found my waifu. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, uh, she's a nice looking character, but if I'm going to watch a show, I kind of don't want it to insult my intelligence either. Yeah. Well, if you're going to have a character with big ass titties, just give her a personality to, or at yeah. least a backstory to back it up. Yeah. Okay. We I think we do need to get to our main topic with our with the time we have. Oh, sorry. Um, but I uh, will say. It, you, we can, you, you're welcome to revisit the show either in these, another opening segment or review. Though I will say, like, fan service shows are what made me stop getting to anime for like eight years. Oh, so don't if, worry. You, if you, if you, I guess six years. But it, so if you do pick them, pick more than one of them, please space them out for my sake. Oh, definitely. I actually have another. Um, I actually have seen a, a show that's better than that that's actually really easy on the fan service, but we can talk about that later. Oh, just for the record, which one? Um, Interview with Monster Girls. Oh, I think I've heard of it. There's a lot of Monster Girl stuff out there. Yeah, this one actually is kind of is kind of smart with how it deals with how it deals with characters. But we can talk about that yes, another we time. Can. I think it's time for us to get to our main review. So we're going to talk about something that I think you've been bringing up since we started the show. Oh so yeah. Obviously, we've been meaning to get to it for a while. That mm-hmm. is a, a very recent. Did it come out this year or late last year? Uh, it came out late last year, actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, anime, very short. I think like twelve episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yuri on Ice, which yeah. I think we could definitely. It's it's part sports because figure mm-hmm. skating, but it's very much. Uh, I'd say it's a dramedy. 
Yeah. Because it's very much a character study on its leads, uh, its titular character in particular, um, and both the hardships and the silly moments that they go through in their journey. Uh, Chris, what uh, what led you to give Yuri a shot? What led me to give Yuri a shot? Yeah. My wife. My <laughs> my my <laughs> wife. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, so, cute boys? Yeah, cute boys. Okay. <laughs> that's that's all you need. Um, we just, just uh, we uh, she had seen some um seen some Tumblr art of it. She had some friends that were talking about it, and we saw it come out on Crunchyroll. Hmm. And yeah, it was it was something. <laughs> this was, show has been become a big deal. It um, has. It was. I feel like it's the latest anime to really kind of blow up and get a fan base, at least in the U.S. Mm-hmm, that's like, exactly I, right. I had heard of the name being thrown around for quite a while before I even really knew what it was about, and even before you started talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, did you? You're asking me to start talking about it, or you? If you want to. Um. So, uh, let me uh, let me think. I actually don't have. Okay, All I right. can set it up for because yeah. I'm sure a lot of listeners who haven't watched it. Um, takes place in modern day Japan, and the titular character is Yuri. I don't remember his last name. Um, he's kind of a rookie in the world of pro figure skating, like mm-hmm. it's been his passion. But I think when the show starts, he's just been eliminated from his first world championship. He's in a bit of a slump. Yeah, um, he, honestly, he comes yeah. home. He has uh, gained weight, so he looks like me now. And uh, he is just—he's very shy. He's very shy and unsure of himself. Like when he first arrives, there are some girls who are excited to see him, and he's just like, "No, no, get away from me! No, no." Yeah. It's not even him being egotistical. It's just he's—he feels like a failure and such. And he's going back to his family's hot spring, and he's just hanging. And uh, oh, I also really like his coach, who's that like alcoholic. 30 40 year old woman i yeah. think the idea is she's a former she was a former pro skater herself and now she teaches. Uh, she, she was a ballerina i think oh okay uh and uh she actually helps him out on one of his biggest uh, one of his first challenges with his newest coach yeah and that is would be victor yeah saucy ass russian victor he yeah he's a, he's a very well established uh figure skater and he's actually yuri's idol like he's the one who inspired him to strive and get into it and such and mm-hmm. I think he kind of – oh, no. What happens is Yuri revisits um, an old friend's uh, skating uh, – where he's hanging out with his friend. I thought it was mm-hmm. so funny where it was like this one girl who he used to have hots for. And then he, she's already boned that one guy and had those three little hamster yep. girls. <laughs> and uh, that's what they look like to me. They look like human hamsters. Yeah, and they do. They, he tries just practicing out a routine. Uh, the girls film it and post it. It goes viral because it's it's he's really good, and that inspires Victor to kind of mm-hmm. just drop everything, come mm-hmm. overseas, and say, "Yuri, I see, I still see a lot of potential in you. Let me train you. I think we got something going here." Yeah, uh, Yuri. Uh, Yuri was just he was trying to uh, he was um, he was trying to like redo like uh, one of Victor one of one of Victor's most famous uh ice skating performances yeah. and it was the first time that he did it perfectly yeah and unfortunately those little uh hamster girls decided to record him doing it fortunate. uh yeah and his parent and their parents yelled at them as they should and um victor saw it so now <laughs> the rest is yeah. history victory has become a coach there, there's also we should bring up uh well, he gets the nickname yurio there's because there's mm-hmm. another yuri yeah he's established himself in the first episode as kind of a Prick. 
Yeah, he's emo, a big, very, he's a very angsty. You know, when you get a good, when you get a well-meaning hero like Yuri, you got to have a antithesis in terms yeah. of someone who's a lot more moody and rebellious and just spiteful. And that's what they, one uh, the I think one of the Cotspring workers nicknames him Yurio to differentiate him from yeah. Yuri. And he's also y- Russian, isn't he? Y- yeah, he is Russian. Yuri's sister actually um, actually walks in on Victor, Yuri, and Yurio having dinner. Um, at the, at their hot springs place. Yurio yeah. isn't named Yurio at that point, but um, regular uh, regular shy Yuri's sister pops in. She sees a Russian Yuri and is like, oh my God, that guy's hot, but his name is Yuri. I'm going to nickname you Yurio. Yeah. Goodbye. It's, it's funny. She's the one with the, the most hot stream. I think there are points where like the family's watching their Yuri on TV and she's still got like flags of Yurio. Like, yeah. Yeah. She's like, yeah. you're not my brother, so I can look lust after you, I guess. <laughs> Yuri, Yuri on Ice came as a big surprise for me because I um, I watched it, and, I, uh, and I'm not big on romantic comedy anime. Mm-hmm. But I watched it, and I was – I liked the performances. I liked, um, I liked the, the initial episode – the initial first episode where the animation was super gorgeous. Um, and the character dynamics between Yuri and Victor. Yeah. Um, really really cute like really adorable it's and, not at least from what i watched it's not that heavy on the romance aspect mm-hmm. inter- but it's it's there i think their the relationship kind of grows in an organic way and mm-hmm. it's funny because i didn't know going in that yes they victor and yuri do end up together yeah. and there was a point in like the second episode where like they're show- he's showing yuri is showing victor's room and he falls over to like victor like grabs his chin his shoulder falls and I'm like oh man there i guess i'm gonna get yeah. a lot of like homoerotic jokes and it's like yeah. no it's actually building to something well well i it it um it's one of those things where um you're expecting something to go uh, you're expecting something to go in a different direction it being an anime and all um especially with how victor is first set up in the hot springs. Yeah. He stands up. He's got his big glistening naked ass just standing there, and there's a statue that's framed just the right way, yeah. so you don't see. It's uh, an Austin Powers moment. Yeah, you don't see anything special going uh, going it. on in the front. Yuri sees it. You know what's there, and Victor is inviting Yuri to come along on this surprising journey. Uh, however, it doesn't go in a ve- it doesn't go in a sexual um, in that sort of sexual direction. Not what for it a does. Long time. Not for a long, no, not, not not for not in the sense where it's Victor uh, initiating the se- um, the sexual response, but it actually becomes Yuri when he discovers or tries to realize the side of himself, the the strong, confident side of himself that he's yeah. kind of he um, he's kind of uh, neglected in his skating career. And Victor has re- reawakened it. Yeah, uh, Victor initiates a challenge between Yuri and Yurio in the early episodes, where both skaters have to skate according to the opposite natures of a um, of a musical arrangement. So, okay, this, wait, was this the Arrows competition, or is that a different yeah, one? Yeah, no, that is the Arrows competition. Okay, that's the yeah. early, yeah, that's the early Air, um, Arrows competition where Yuri and Yurio had to skate according to love. And uh, and se- um, love and sexual love. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, Yurio is a super aggressive, super passionate guy. So of course he wants to he wants the sexual part of it. And Yurio's like, I just want the love. That's natural to me. I want to cuddle. You and know? He, he, it's funny. He can't find like something that really inspires him. And then he's, he's having what is it, a pork cutlet bowl, and it hits him. <laughs> Victor, this is what's going to inspire me. Victor's like. Yeah, we can go with that. <laughs> he's like, yeah, whatever he admits, about, man. That's, that's kind of weird, Yuri. But hey, if it works. Whatever works for you. And even still, and going back to uh, Yuri's original coach, uh, his ballerina instructor, 
he came to her saying that I, even with the pork cutlet bowl, there's only so much that I can do. I can't be the kind of sexual, uh, the, the sexual man that I want to perform as, but maybe I can dance like the, um, like the sexually confident woman that every man wants. And that's where he starts to find himself as, um, um, as, as a kind of skater that can skate according to that challenge. And that's kind of what def- um, that that's, I don't want to say that defines him, but that becomes the hook of what he decides to skate to for most of the series. And that was, I, I thought that was actually sort of brilliant. And there are a lot of things about Yuri on Ice that I absolutely love from last year, and I thought it was a, I thought it was a really surprising, uh, um, really surprising series. I, I do wish there was a little bit more conflict, but at the same time, yeah. it was still really comfy and really cozy. It's more build up than conflict. Yeah, it, it definitely is. It's getting you prepared for, um, for um, today's episode of Yuri skating, and I like that. Yeah, and I, you know, I'll, say, I'll I'll leave my feelings out right now. This isn't—I don't think this is one of the best anime I've ever seen or anything, but um, I think it's a pretty enjoyable little story. It feels very personal mm-hmm. uh, because its cast is so small and focused. And I also appreciate the fact that we've got an anime that got really popular that isn't like a genre thing. It's not some some high sci-fi or fantasy or action. Yeah. It's like no, it's 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 a re- story about regular people. Like, it's not um, about granted, they're kind of ce- celebrities in their world, but they're still mm-hmm. people. They're still this is still kind of about them seeing them grow and change and uh, get to know each other and go through conflicts and just be like a real person. Because uh, you know, not many anime. Well, no, there are anime like that, but they never really get big for the most part. I know I yeah. mentioned to you one of my favorite. Well, the last anime I really got into was Welcome to the NHK. Mm-hmm. That's also very much. Uh, it's darker than you are for sure because it deals with people who basically. They have mental disorders like paranoia and, and shut-in uh, mm-hmm. syndromes, but it's very much, even though like you, they have like hallucinations and fantasies, it's set in a real world. And I guess this kind of has that because it, it always threw me off when they get the random things like a little chibi. You're popping up like, hey, let me clue you in on these terminologies. <laughs> just so you remember, just remember this is an anime. Yeah, and there I are like some like that. also like some funny faces, but uh, that was the one part. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I, man, there. There's so much about Yuri on Ice that I could. Uh, okay, can we talk about like some of the other skaters yeah. <laughs> for for a second? I didn't see uh, all of them because I got to some, but you can spoil uh, whatever. I'm fine. I'm as straight as they come, but holy shit, all these guys are super cute. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have to say, like, it's Gladiolus uh, all over again. Yeah, like, um, there's, there's, um, I, I, I forget the uh, one of the skate. Hey, sweetie, 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 um. Yuri's old friend uh, that he skates with later, Pachitu. Yeah. I love Pachito. Uh, Pachitu. Mm-hmm. I was about to say Pachito. Da, 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 da. Wife help. Pachitu is super adorable. And he has like one of the best songs uh, um, like in the entire show when There's he skates. There's good instrumental it. tracks in this. And I really like the opening theme. Um, yeah. It's very obviously a Japanese guy trying to struggle through English, but the actual tune is really powerful. It's really catchy. Uh, and I... I see a lot of gifts of Yuri and Victor online, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Facebook, and yes, whether it's Tumblr. Uh, I see it a lot, but I also see a lot of the love coming from that show and what it inspires and in other people watching the show. And it's 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 really it's um, it's surprisingly poignant. Um, where a lot of these characters, they're uh, well, I don't want to say a lot, but a few of the star characters are pretty 
uncomfortable with themselves. Even um, even Victor, who's supposedly really confident and supposedly knows or gives off the impression that he knows what he's doing. Yeah. When he's when he's with Yuri, when Victor's with Yuri, sometimes he doesn't know what to do. That's sometimes because what I've seen so far, he's pretty much always calm and got an answer for everything. But I guess as it goes on, he's like even he's like, hey, I'm not perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes he gets it wrong. He's very and, optimistic, but yeah. Uh, very encouraging. There, like there, are, I love there are points where he just tells Yuri, "No, Yuri, that sucked. Do it again." But he's all the <laughs> time. He's very, he's very complimentary and and he's very encouraging of Yuri's efforts. He's definitely a coach, but he's also learning how to be not only how to be a coach, but also yeah. how to be de- also how to be a decent friend and potentially a, uh, and potentially an even an even better lover. Um, yeah, for, oh, yeah, for, yeah for, he hasn't been a coach before Yuri. He's just been an athlete. Yeah, so. Later on, there are instances where uh, Victor basically has to give Yuri an ultimatum. And he thinks that's the way to get to him by giving him like a deadline. Yeah, giving him a deadline and forcing him to do the very best he can or else. And that wrecks Yuri. Oh, he gets too stressed to do it efficiently? Yeah, Uh, it it happens for like an episode, but and you think it's going to work because hell, it works in pretty much almost er any anime ever. (laughs) Does it not work? Um, no. (laughs) The poor kid starts crying, and and I'm like, "Holy shit, Victor!" (laughs) And I'm like, "You can't do that." And and he realizes just how how messed up that was, Um, and. The show is very uh, is is very personal and yes. very very cute, and it doesn't. While I feel like it does pull some of its punches, it at least shows that while there may not be a lot of conflict, the um, the conflict that is there is not about like petty arguments between two people. Like, uh, how dare you not like me and show and and not tell me your real feelings? It's Holy shit! I may have gotten. I, I I don't know how to deal with this person. What can I do? Yeah. How, how can I change my approach so yeah. that uh, so that we can learn together? And that's really what a relationship is. And I love that the show does that. Yeah. And actually, speaking of um, just the significance overall, I I I guess it's not the first, but it's one of the biggest anime to legit revolve around a gay relationship and not just for jokes or anything yeah because i found out recently japan gay marriage is still not legal there at all really i didn't know that yeah it's it's like it's not you don't it's not illegal to be gay or anything but they've still been slower about full-on accepting it um Mm -hmm. compared to over here and we still have work to do but So I think a lot of people are considering you're like, hey, this show's success can be seen as a genuine step towards acceptance in culture. I like that more. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because I mean, when you think, I think I don't know if I brought this up with you. There, there are gay characters in anime, but they're often very exaggerated. Uh, yes, Lee definitely. Gur and Lagan, like mm-hmm. character, but super, you know, hey, sweetie. Um, yeah. What's? Oh, uh, have you watched Tiger and Bunny? Um, I've watched a couple episodes of Tiger and Fire Bunny. Fire Emblem, I've watched, not the game. Mm-hmm. There's a character. There's one superhero in Fire Emblem who you missed him up as gay Dennis Rodman. Mm-mm. Wow, he's actually a gay. very likable character. He's very supportive, but he's also like super flamboyant. And uh, one of the sour spots in One Punch Man was the one gay guy who was basically like a would be molester. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, honestly, that's the one thing about One Punch Man I didn't like. Uh, I, yeah, I, I felt that was a little. Uh, I felt taste. that joke wasn't really that mm, that good. <laughs> no, it's. Uh, so, like, I think Japan still is a thing, definitely, well, we still do to a degree, but we, they're still all about, like, you know, kind of mocking gay characters mm-hmm. when they do it. And Yuri, it's like, they're not, we're not mocking Yuri and Victor. They're our leads. They're real, developed, mm-hmm. flawed, but good people. And 
you know, that's kind of... And also, I think it's just... It's good to, not, to have a gay character who you don't make super flamboyant automatically. Not to say mm-hmm. that, that, that there aren't plenty well, of people like that, but it's not one thing. It's... Yeah, it's the easiest thing to do to pull a Will and Grace and, you know, make the make the, uh, make the the one-star gay character, the most flamboyant character yeah. you ever see. And in not contrast to say you should to never do character. that, but yeah. you shouldn't just do that. I have a member of my family who who is gay, and you would never guess it if you weren't talking to him. He's just – if you didn't talk to him about it, he's just a regular – you know, he comes up as a regular guy. Yeah. And, um, and actually, I was – the other night I was re-watching um, one of my all-time favorite cartoons, uh, Mission Hill – which, if you've never seen that, or even if you have, we, I want to cover that with you someday. It's a great show. Okay. Uh, it had, I actually found out, it had the first uh, gay kiss on network television. Oh, wow. And okay. Have you ever seen Mission Hill? I have not. One of the, because it takes place in like, you know, an apartment in the city, and two of the, the, na- the neighbors nearby are an elderly gay couple, like probably in their 60s or 70s. But mm-hmm. oh, they do it so well. They don't. They don't really make jokes that feel like it's laughing at gayness. It's yeah. kind of celebrating it, and they they feel like such real characters. And it's also really funny. One of them like kind of has like a. It's actually voiced by Tom Kenny, and mm-hmm. it's it looks and sounds like SpongeBob's dad in those few oh, episodes God. where you saw him like, oh hello, Mister. <laughs> it's a very likable character. And then the other one is kind of looks like a stereotypical thug. Like he's big and bald and like growling like, hey yous. But it's 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 still sweet how they end up caring for each other, and um, that one was kind of that show never got the love it deserved. We'll talk about it someday because it's one of my all time favorite shows. But mm-hmm. it, that's one thing that it was ahead of the time with, and it's nice that uh, we're getting more shows uh, towards it, that that and movies that are moving towards that, and. Uh, mm-hmm. Yuri may be a sign that Japan is starting to move in that direction too. I, I really hope so. It's a it's a smartly written show. Yeah. Um, I got some problems with it. Okay, <laughs> Mainly, uh, what are your problems? Because we've been praising well, it. Well, most well, I've already mentioned that uh, um, that there's just there's not a lot of conflict that happens in the show. Honestly, when I do watch the episodes, I'm really waiting for the most endearing moment to happen so I can go aw. And uh, I, and honestly, I kind of wish there there was a little bit more to happen in that show. And maybe, uh, well, having seen on um, the entirety of season one, uh, hopefully in season two they may pull that. But it's from what I can tell, confirmed. Uh, I think so. Okay. Um, I think I think given what we've seen so far, that's not the show style. So I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not really going to knock it for that. Um, however, my biggest complaint is kind of the animation. Uh, it's, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. In episode one, you know, in, in any show. The best animation is going to be um, is either is going to be in the first episode, a couple episodes in the middle, and the final few episodes. Um, after the first episode here in Yura and Ice, you see a lot of rotoscoping going on um, oh. with with a lot of the performances. Not to say that rotoscoping is bad, but it stands out. It does stand out, especially when certain characters are, are wearing a lot of drapery. Uh, the wrinkles kind of become distracting when they're doing twirls or when, okay. they're, about to, when they're about to do certain stunts. Um, it, beca- it starts to look a little choppy. At the same time, um, and it, uh, when you're when you're moving the camera in animation and you're seeing like um, the walls panning um, panning from left to right, that's tough to do in two D. It's tough to do in 2D, so they do it in 3D, but usually those camera moves are happening on ones. Uh, and when you get to – and the character animation itself is happening on twos. Yeah, yeah. So, so of course, you're going to get, you're going to get like a, a kind of strobing effect That's going on. That's always disorienting. 
It, it can be. It's even doing uh, story thing where you have CG elements in anime with a lower frame rate to try and match it, but there's so much more detail, there's still a feeling of dissonance, like with vehicles and stuff. Well, a, a lot of animation pulls um, pulls that um, pulls that kind of trick using ones on camera and twos for character animation. It's it's just it's just to make the the production a little easier. So yeah, you're not yeah, everything it kind of halves their their production time. Yeah, but there are times when it doesn't work quite well. Mm-hmm. And there there were a few episodes, especially when they recycle animation from earlier episodes of Yuri on Ice, that it becomes extremely noticeable. So I'm hoping and. I'm pretty sure they're going to fix this in season two that the animation goes a little higher in that regard. Yeah, they might have been pressed for time. Absolutely. The anime industry is notoriously tough and stringent for its uh, workers. But it's also a common practice. Has the show already been released on Blu-ray and stuff? I don't think it's been released on Blu-ray, but since since a lot of production companies have been pushing stuff on Crunchyroll and then television broadcast. So there's a disconnect in... Sorry, you're probably it's become common practice for if a show has noticeable animation errors when it broadcast. By the time it's on home media, they clean it up. Sailor Moon Crystal was a big example of that. Uh, it had like some of the weirdest looking shots ever. When you look at the, but then you look at the home release, they were like, okay, let's go back and address this. Yeah, Sailor it's not Moon optimal, Crystal. but it's better than never touching them up. Yeah, Sailor Moon Crystal is a is is a strong offender. Dragon Ball Super is a strong offender. Jesus okay. Christ, that show. Um, but if. Uh, the animation's not terrible. If nothing it's else, not. I for, yeah. very little about it stood out to me as bad. But it was it was for me it was kind of consistent, adequate. Mm-hmm. Um, there was there were, I can't I can really think of moments that made me go like, whoa, that's really good. But the mm-hmm. characters are expressive. The, uh, the 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 skating is pretty on point. It looks it looks generally good. Just not yeah. I didn't it really was dip in either way for me. It wasn't super. And uh, uh, it wasn't like super. Mm, jarring or uh, something that makes me go, I don't want to watch this anymore because a lot of the scenes are composed well. Yes. Um, it, it would have been different if like, you know, it, uh, it, it pulled a dragon Ball super and, 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 and it's the, and the cor- it crapped out or the choreography's dumb, it's, uh, little stupid things like that. But the show itself is, is so emotional. It's so emotionally gripping. Um, yeah, just emotionally for, uh, driven. Yeah. So, emo- well, that's that's a better term for it actually it's so emotionally driven that mm, you're you're waiting for the you're waiting for the the great performances to happen but the build up to the build up to um to certain characters getting closer together are more important than those um than those ice skating performances okay and i like yuri on ice a lot and i'm i'm hoping to see more of it yeah and i will stand by what i also said it didn't blow my mind but i think it's a good little show mm-hmm. i like the fact that an anime that feels so personal and not trying to be flashy has got, become a big deal and i'm happy that we got a gay-centric anime that doesn't feel stereotypical or manipulative or not manipulative um exploitative <laughs> yeah I mean, there are certain there are Technically, fan service parts, but uh, there's there's definitely. Have you met Chris? No, <laughs> the, but uh, it there, doesn't really go into Dragon Maid territory. Okay, yeah, uh, there is. It doesn't go into Dragon Maid territory, but it gets a little crude when a certain ice skater named Chris comes along. I'm gonna have to Google that, or, or just watch the rest oh, of the show. Oh boy! <laughs> and I will say, I watched. Uh, I've been watching the dub because I've signed up for Funimation streaming service. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good. Uh, I can't speak to the authenticity of how good Victor's uh, accent is compared to an actual mm-hmm. Russian accent. But I did mm-hmm. like that they got the voice of uh, – uh, did you ever watch Case Closed? 
Um, briefly. I didn't watch a lot of it. They got Jimmy Kudo, the grown detective, to do his voice, which I thought was kind of neat. I didn't recognize the rest of the cast, and I looked them up. Um, Because I know Funimation's kind of guilty of reusing a lot of actors, and these are Mm -hmm. ones I was less familiar with, so it's kind of nice to... Uh, be throwing some other some uh, some new people or newer people. I'm sure they've done stuff before in this, and uh, I think this would be a pretty good time to draw things to a close. We're approaching the time limit we were uh, aiming oh, for. Oh yeah, we are. Okay. But it's uh, it's time to get this going. And thanks to everybody for putting up with that wait. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I've already tested Squish. We're going to be switching to a bi-weekly recording schedule. Before, mm-hmm. we were recording for weekly, but stuff kept off and off and get in the way of that, too. I feel like bi-weekly would be a little more manageable. Um, but, and, Chris, uh, I, so next week, I'm going to be picking, do you remember Do you remember what I picked? Um, what, I actually don't remember I what you picked. Going, Sorry, the yeah, cats no, are so jumping picking, all over the crazy. Oh, wait, what's your cat doing? Sorry, the cats are jumping all over the place. I'm trying to make sure they don't <laughs> knock anything down. Uh, go on, cat sorry. Interruptions. Um, mm. Oh, we'll see next week for my uh, current media. I don't know what you can do, but I did get this little thing called the Switch. Get the... F- mm, I almost swear. <laughs> I almost dropped an F-bomb. You, you swear <laughs> on the show, huh? All right, I'll get the fuck out of here with your yeah, Switch. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just a funny thing. when I, uh, There's so many podcast guests on other shows that curse a lot, and then the guest goes, is it okay if I swear? Like, yes. Yeah, honestly, if it isn't, they'll edit it out. Honestly, I forgot. I, I I forget our own rules from time to time. <laughs> yeah, we're not potty mouse, but if we want to, yeah. we'll swear. But um, I, so yeah, I'm going to talk about the switches, some of the launch games that I'm playing, awesome. reviewing, including Zelda. Um, but my pick for our main view topic is I've been waiting for this opportunity. I've, I've had the opportunity in the first episode, but I think I'm about ready to tackle um, both the movie that really got me interested in trying to animate and follow it. And legit, my favorite movie ever. We are going to be doing the kind of well-known, but not well-known enough movie, The Iron Giant. Awesome. I can't wait. A truly terrific film and that I cannot wait to uh, discuss in depth, even though I have the movie itself kind of like memorized because I love it so much. Mm -hmm. So that will will do it for tonight. Uh, I'm John Fleury. I'm Christopher Wade. And we were born to make history. Yes, we were. (laughs) We'll make history out of of returning from a really good hiatus. I'm going to go ice skating right now and break my ankles, and I'm not going to care. Cool. That's fun. (laughs) See you in the hospital. See you guys. (laughs) 